BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. If you're new here, welcome. I'm so excited to have you tuned in for your first ever Manifest Daily episode. Listen, baby girls, baby boys, strap in, okay? It's going to be a wild ride, so I would highly recommend you get ready for what's about to be unfolded in front of you. Is that how you would say it? No, that's definitely not how you would say it. Guys, I'm struggling today. I am struggling because it is almost three o'clock. I have been speaking all day. I was in back-to-back calls for my 95 this morning. And then I filmed my first ever book club episode for YouTube. So I know that a lot of you guys love my like book club series on Instagram where I basically go through and I talk about psychological thriller books that I'm reading, that I'm loving, that I'm enjoying, especially because like if y'all like the same type of books that I like, it can be really easy to get new book recommendations, things like that. So I decided to turn that into a living, breathing YouTube series because I don't know, I feel like sometimes when I do it on Instagram stories, like I have so much to say about the book or like there are specific like nuances or details that I want to talk about and I don't want to have like a full on like five minute story of me talking about this book when like only a few of you guys care. You know what I mean? So if you are one of the few that really like my book club recommendations, my picks, my thriller picks, y'all know I love me a good psychological thriller. Okay, a whodunit if you will, (laughs) then definitely stay tuned. My YouTube is always going to be linked down in the show notes moving forward or not necessarily moving forward, but if you're listening to like, or if you came from like episode 69, like I, I wasn't, you know, linking my YouTube so yeah so now my YouTube is always linked in the show notes so make sure you check that out especially again if you're looking for book club recommendations or or if you're into vlogs I also post vlogs I have a vlog going up literally today same day as this episode the vlogs tend to go up on Tuesdays as well so I know that today's vlog is also a really long one it is literally a future length film it's like an hour long so if you like long vlogs which I personally do I love a good hour long vlog 
because hello, it's definitely in my nature to enjoy watching people go to Target because I love to go to Target. If you're one of those people as well, check out my vlogs, check out my YouTube channel. It is linked in the show notes. But anyways, that was such a long intro for all of the new folks, but also all of the returning folks. Hey girls, hey boys, how are we doing today? I'm so excited for this episode. I feel like I've been talking about this for the longest, especially on Instagram. Like, do you guys want to hear me talk about Christianity and manifestation? And y'all always be like, yes. And then I had so many other episodes come up in the midst of me planning for this one. So I have been meaning to record this for a good two to three months now, I would say. So I'm very excited that I am here sitting down, actually recording this episode. And by the looks of my notes, like I have my notes in front of me and oh my gosh, you guys, I opened my notes up in pages, which is Apple's like, I wanna say bootleg version of Word, <laughs> but you know, Apple ain't bootleg, but girl, pages, I don't be using pages. I don't know if any of y'all use pages, but you know, I'm good for a Google Doc. I'm good for a Google Doc and a Microsoft Word document, but a page, I don't know what that is. But anyway, so I opened it up on pages from my laptop because I have my notes in this app called Agenda. And you guys, it's literally six pages. <laughs> so it is going to be quite an episode, okay? It's gonna be quite an episode. And I feel like with these researched episodes, I like I always say to y'all, I be scratching the surface when it comes to the history of some of the things that we're talking about because I, I'm no historian, friends. Okay, I'm no historian. Um, and also too, it is definitely up to you guys to go and do your own additional research if you want to kind of dive deeper into these topics. I feel like these episodes are good as like an introduction to deeper thinking around some of these topics, especially as they relate to a spiritual lifestyle, a spiritual practice, manifestation, etc. And why? Why do we have another helicopter come to find us today? Like, didn't y'all come find me last week when I was recording too? It is just unnecessary, I would say. Just absolutely unnecessary for a helicopter to be flying above the suburbs at 2.41 in the afternoon. Anywho, guys, so setting the scene, obviously it's 2.41 p.m. I'm really hungry, haven't had lunch yet. It's it's one of those days, like literally, like I said, back-to-back meetings, film the video, edit the video, have to finish nine to five work, have to record this, have to edit this. Uh, what else is on the agenda for today? I have to figure out what I'm having for lunch because I didn't meal prep yesterday. And really just have to figure out how to be a human being and to care for myself and nurture myself while also getting my work done. So that's kind of what's on the agenda for today. And I honestly, kind of want to get ice cream like I know I know I know I know I swear every episode I'm talking about getting ice cream and you guys are probably sick of me you're probably like girl aren't you lactose intolerant I understand what I am okay you, you don't need to tell me <laughs> I know who and what I am but I also know that I love a good ice cream from Marble Slab. If you're not familiar, because I also wasn't familiar when I moved to Dallas, I was like, what is a Marble Slab? It's basically Cold Stone, if you know Cold Stone. If you don't know either one and you're like, I don't know what's happening here, what is happening? Basically, they're like ice cream places where you can like make your own. So you pick out like a base flavor, you add what they call toppings, and then they mix it in. And I would argue that Marble Slab is better than Cold Stone only because at Cold Stone, they love to charge you for every topping. You be like, okay, let me get some cookie dough. Let me get some Oreo. It'd be like, okay, that's an extra dollar. That's another $2. It's like, can I just live my life without being charged for it? 
I mean, <laughs> like, that would just be the ideal situation for everything in life, obviously. But, you know, I guess that's not how it works. Except for at Marble Slab, which, not sponsored, obviously. But, like, hello, Marble Slab, if you're li if anyone works at Marble Slab, can we, like, do a sponsorship? Because, truly, I am your biggest fan. I will go there. I get the sweet cream ice cream base. I add in uh, Oreos, Heath Bar, which is, like, toffee chips, a little caramel, and some cookie dough. And, yes, it is just as sweet and just as delicious as you would imagine and it is my favorite thing on earth so that's that anyways my loves uh this intro obviously is clearly beyond any intro actually no it's not because I always do a really long intro and ramble and I don't know why I'm always surprised when I look up and I look at the time and I'm like oh my god I've been talking for like seven minutes what have I been talking about marble slab creamery and the helicopter flying above me but that being said, I want us to go ahead and dive into this episode because we have a lot to unpack. We have a lot to discuss. I really hope you guys like this one. I know I asked you guys on Instagram how you're liking these more like researchy episodes. I want to thank the few of you that did respond to me. If you didn't respond, like it's totally okay. <laughs> but thank you to those of you who actually responded and, and did indicate that you find value in these episodes because like I said, I think there can be some imposter syndrome. And if you haven't listened to that episode, highly recommend the last episode was about imposter syndrome. But for me personally, I can find myself facing a little bit of imposter syndrome, especially as I kind of dive into testing new things with content. And at this point, these researched episodes aren't necessarily like super new anymore, but there's still something that I would love feedback on, especially as I'm gauging interest in them. And so far, like I said, based on download numbers, it looks like you guys really like them and you're finding a lot of value in them. And I love that I'm getting to explore some of the things that I really want to talk about and do a deeper dive and, and have it be less surface, right? I also asked on Instagram today if you guys wanted me to do an episode on the commodification of spirituality. And I had a couple of you guys literally DM and was like, oh my God, yes, like, please do this. <laughs> so that is going to be coming soon probably in November I I don't even I have so much to say about that like so much to unpack there so 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 much and I'm so excited to dive into that one because I feel like that obviously highly relates to and correlates to capitalism you guys like that is going to be a really good one I get very passionate about you know some of my dislikes when it comes to our capitalist society so I will try not to get too ranty in that one but I probably will but get excited for that that's coming down the pike for now let's go ahead and grab our water i got my water right next to me because girl i told you okay i've been talking all day my throat is dry i need some throat coat and my h2o h h2 h h2o h2o h to the double o okay what is it two hydrogen baby listen this is not chemistry anyways my water is here next to me if you want to get your tequila Okay, a little spicy uh, jalapeno tequila, if you will. Some juice, like whatever you're feeling for your throat, okay? And let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. So you guys know I love to start off these episodes with definitions because I feel like it helps to put us all on the same page and make sure that we're kind of talking about the same thing and referencing the same ideas as we move forward with our discussion. So I really wanted to start it by, or 
I really wanted to start it. What? Anyways, I really wanted to start by answering that bigger, broader question of what is manifestation. And I know we all kind of have our own like formed definitions. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you have a pretty good idea of what manifestation is. But for the literal definition, I went on Google, my favorite place ever. And according to an article from Berkeley Wellbeing, the word manifestation means to create something or turn something from an idea into a reality. In psychology, manifestation generally means using our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs to bring something to our physical reality. So I feel like that's a really good general description of manifestation. However, when we talk about manifestation on this podcast, the definition has sort of evolved, especially if you listen from like the first couple episodes to kind of where we are now. You've noticed that my definition specifically has come to include the word conscious in front of it. So when I talk about manifestation, I'll often refer to manifestation as conscious manifestation, because I think understanding the way that you're setting an intention towards calling something into your life is a very conscious conscious process. So when we talk about manifestation, we are always manifesting, right? This idea of bringing something, bringing a thought from your head into a physical manifestation, a physical being, a physical thing in your experience, in your reality. If we're talking about that as manifestation, that is always happening. But the process of consciously doing it, right? Like allowing ourselves to differentiate between manifestation and the process of conscious manifestation is really important because then we start to really like think about and talk about, okay, how do we actually bring forth the things that we want? How do we actually create the reality we want? And that's when we're talking about this process of consciously manifesting and not necessarily subconsciously creating more of what we don't want because we have subconscious beliefs that aren't necessarily aligned with our preferred reality. I feel like I just said a lot, but hopefully you guys, you guys get it because this is something we've covered many, many times on the podcast. And this is something that y'all know about. And I feel like this process of conscious manifestation is something that you're very familiar with at this point. But I did want to start off the episode by giving us that definition to work with and giving us that very like foundational groundwork when we talk about manifestation as it relates to not only spirituality as like a general and a whole, but also as it relates to Christianity and this broader conversation that we're going to have today. So when we're talking about manifestation and why it may not be seen as godly, I kind of went down these multiple different rabbit holes to explore why manifestation has been dubbed satanic or why it has been dubbed as something that is not necessarily Christian or of God or of the faith. And I think in some ways manifestation may be seen as ungodly simply because it does assume that some of the power lies within us as individuals. And again, when I talk about Christianity in this episode, I want to give the preface that I am not someone who's like studied the Bible or who has spent most of my life in church. So this is just coming from my understanding understanding of the Bible, understanding of Christian beliefs, right? And from what I know and some of the things that I was taught and shown when I was growing up. So this is just sort of my personal perspective on it. And you, of course, might have a different perspective. What I have seen is that usually Christianity often places the full power of our destiny and the full power of our experiences in the hands of God. And in some eyes, to assume that we as humans have any power or control over our circumstances is to essentially downplay or outright negate the power of God. Manifestation is often aligned with what is known as New Age beliefs, which are defined as a range of spiritual or religious practices and beliefs which rapidly grew in the Western world 
world during the 1970s. According to Wikipedia, our favorite source on the internet, <laughs> um, as a form of Western esoteric esotericism, esotericism that is a tongue twister okay that's a tongue twister right there but as a form of western esotericism the new age drew heavily upon a number of older esoteric traditions in particular those that emerged from the occultist practices that developed in the 18th and 19th centuries so we often hear people associating manifestation and spiritual beliefs with things like witchcraft magic and other esoteric beliefs that for a long time have also been associated with the devil and with evil. In fact, between 1692 and 1693, the Salem witch trials occurred in colonial Massachusetts. Shout out to my hometown or one of my home state, okay? But this was not a great thing, obviously, because more than 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft, which was also known as the devil's magic, and over 20 people were executed. So there's sort of been this condemnation of witchcraft and occultist beliefs because it's essentially very much, like I said, aligned with the devil, aligned with evil, aligned with just bad things in the world. And so when someone is sort of labeled as a witch or when they're associated with this witchcraft, it's sort of been inherently against religious beliefs, against the Bible, against what we know as the good of God or sort of Christian beliefs, things like that. There are several references to witchcraft in the Bible, which do really go along with this idea of condemning witchcraft and condemning these beliefs as being evil and devilish. For example, in the book of Deuteronomy, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, there's a verse that condemns anyone who casts spells or anyone who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead, stating that anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. There's also a verse in Exodus which states that do not allow a sorceress to live. So again, it's not like these beliefs are just sort of coming out of nowhere. People are referencing specific verses in the Bible in order to essentially justify the fact that witchcraft or these occultist traditions are supposedly evil at heart. So in my research, I also found this blog which dove into five reasons manifestation and law of attraction is not godly. According to this blog, again, it's called uh, the joy, Finding the Joy Within, manifestation is not godly because of these five reasons. It ignores the sovereignty of God. The manifester becomes their own God. It robs you of the gift of waiting. God gets zero praise when we get what we want through thinking that we manifested it and we create idols of the things that we are desiring. The source goes on to reference Proverbs verse, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. However, I think there is a, a part here where we have to kind of address how conscious manifestation is in very many ways aligned with Christianity. I want to start with with this idea of the higher power and essentially that we are making ourselves God. And I want to say that again, when I reference conscious manifestation, I'm looking at this as a process of co-creation, right? You are co-creating and you do not necessarily see yourself as the sole creator. You see yourself as a partner in creating your reality and you see this higher power as the other partner, as the other piece that's playing the role and doing the things that you cannot necessarily do by your limited human capabilities. I often talk about placing faith in a higher power because personally for me in my journey, that has been essential to me 
basically like creating the life that I live today. And it's going to be very essential for me to create the life that I want to live. It's going to be essential for me to continue manifesting the things that I want. So I do personally think it's important to place faith in a higher power. However, I also know that some of you may identify with the label atheist, which I personally don't find a problem with that. I don't necessarily go out and, and think that people who are atheists are wrong for not believing in a higher power. I just think that we all have different frames of reference. We have different ways of thinking and whatever works for you, as long as you are a good person and you're doing good things in this world, I don't necessarily think these labels of atheist, Christian, spiritual, things like that necessarily matter at the end of the day. I personally resonate the most with referencing God. And I know I used to say in old episodes of the universe, and I think I talked about this in one episode, how I just kind of have felt called to say God versus universe. And not that I think really the label has any, like, I don't know. I think the label is just the label, right? But that's just kind of the label that I personally resonate with right now. I also think that a lot of you guys who listen to my content do reference a higher power, whether it be the universe, God, your spirit, God, your ancestors, you do kind of have this higher faith that you lean on and look to, especially because let's face it, this, this reality that we live in this world that we live in, like life gets hard shits get shits shits get oh, y'all <laughs> i can't wait to work okay but life gets hard okay shit gets hard that is another tongue twister like can we just start a running list of all the tongue twisters at this point that trip me up because clearly there are so many on this podcast but it gets hard and i think having a higher power to sort of lean on and look to and place your faith in can be you know a difference between life or death for many of us especially when we're talking about going through things like uh what is it called the dark night of the soul or going through really depressive states and having that higher power to lean to as a source of comfort and support on your journey i don't don't necessarily think that acknowledging our power in our lives especially as humans negates the power of this higher power that how many times have i said higher power or how many times have i said power but instead what we can do as humans is acknowledge our shortcomings acknowledge our limitations in order to help us place more faith in that higher power there are certain times when we talk about especially on this podcast things like divine timing or we talk about you know blessings and miracles coming into our lives and we talk about how sometimes things happen in our lives that we could not have done fully on our own or how things may happen faster than we imagined or how things may take a little bit longer than we imagined simply because at the end of the day no matter how much you do no matter how much you work or grind or hustle or pray or think or or dream or consciously manifest at the end of the day you are one part of this whole and so you cannot fully control everything in the universe you cannot fully control everything in the world you cannot control every single timeline that you're on and that's why I do think it is important to acknowledge where you have to come in where you have to take action because I've seen a lot of online sources kind of talking about it's sort of this all or nothing right some people are talking about like how it's fully up to you and if you're not living the life that you want to live then it's your fault which I think is problematic because it's it's not fully up to us right we're we're talking about this higher powers we're talking about different systems at play in our reality that are set against certain types of people because we as humans assume that there's a hierarchy and some of us are better than others which is just not true okay um so there's that and then there's also the other side of it which says you know you you don't have any power at all it's totally up to this higher power and whatever happens to you happens to you 
which I also don't believe is true because I think in believing something like that, you give up your power as a human in this world. You give up your power to take action and you can sort of fall into this place where you feel victim to your life and you feel as if, well, you know, if something is not happening for me, either I didn't do something that I was supposed to do and I'm, I'm a crappy person or God hates me. And I think that all or nothing thinking on either end can be really destructive. So I, I do think it's powerful to believe that you have some power in the life that you're creating and I also do think that there's power in saying that you don't have all the power and in saying that there are some things that you cannot see and saying that God has power over some things and is moving things and moving mountains and making miracles that you may not see until it's fully time for you to see it. When we're also talking about conscious manifestation, we're talking about being asked to be led to what is of the greatest good versus being led to only what our ego desires, which I think is huge because in this, we're also addressing that our human perception is limited. I always encourage you guys to pursue the visions placed in your heart, but I think there's a difference between pursuing a vision or a version of reality that is intuitively led and God-led or universe-led versus pursuing material gain or power from the place of ego. I think the world that we live in creates this obsession with excess, this obsession with material gain, more money, more power, more this, more that, and not necessarily like focusing on happiness, on love, on living an aligned life. And to pursue what is of the highest good essentially leads you to pursue what is intuitively led, what is God led, what is good for you and not just you, but for those around you, for the world versus pursuing something that is basically ego-based and ego-driven and may lead you down a path where you're doing things, taking action, um, leaning on things that are not necessarily the best for you in order to try to achieve that material gain that you think you need. So when you're talking about, you know, manifesting things of the highest good, that's something that is a thing we say within conscious manifestation, right? You'll often hear people say like, I want what is for the greater good, the greatest good for me, for the humanity, for the collective. And I think that's a way in which it is aligned with Christianity because we're not necessarily necessarily asking for, you know, just random things. We're, we're following that vision that's been placed in our heart intuitively, but we're also asking God to lead us, right? We're asking to be led to what is of the greatest good and not necessarily what may be something that we think we want only because society has convinced us that is what we should want. There's also a lot of similarity in the concept of blessing food and the idea of manifesting over water. Uh, this is interesting because there is a history of blessing food and drink before eating and consuming. According to Simply Catholic, the custom of praying over a meal is ancient in our faith tradition. Ancient Jews prayed over their meal and they did so in gratitude for both the food and for the land which the Lord had given them. Deuteronomy also has a, uh, I hope I'm saying that right, you guys, <laughs> but it also has um, a verse that states, but when you have eaten and are satisfied, you must bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. While we have seen this practice renamed and essentially reconceptualized in actions such as speaking manifestations over your water and consuming that in order to bring forth the reality, this idea of gratitude in prayer, whether it's labeled as such or labeled differently, is present in both this idea of new age spirituality, you know, traditions and rituals and old Christian religion and traditions. Even when we talk about things like Thanksgiving, right, people will hold hands and pray over the food and bless the food and allow themselves to kind of give and show that gratitude.
gratitude. And although this is sort of become like a more mainstream practice and is not necessarily linked with religion, it is a religious practice at its core. So this idea of praying over our food, right, blessing our food before we consume it is kind of a similar idea that you see in New Age spirituality where we're talking about putting blessings in the thing that we consume because we know that by consuming it, by eating it, by drinking it, it's sort of flowing through us. And so I've seen practices where people will write their manifestation. I've done this before. Like I've written a manifestation on a post-it note or on, or I've thought about what I want to manifest before I drink some water. And as I drink it, I sort of imagine that happening, imagine it coming to fruition. And it's sort of the same idea, of course, like I said, it's reconceptualized, but it is so interesting to see kind of that same idea present in both of these practices. If you go looking, you'll find a lot of that you'll find a lot of similarities between spirituality and religion it's just different names different different ways or different details in the way it's practiced but it's essentially the same thing which is why i find it so crazy that there seems to be such a divide amongst religions or, or we have created literally wars over religions and just kind of so much anger around this thing where we're like you know i'm right you're wrong i'm right you're wrong when a lot of us are doing the same thing but just doing it with different labels it really does come down to the labeling system in our human world doesn't it so another huge similarity between the spiritual practice and religion is that faith is a huge component the idea of faith is present in both of these and so is the idea of leaning on a higher power for support now again i'm going to say that i don't necessarily feel like the label is important the relationship with the higher power is more important than the label itself we place so much emphasis on whether someone says god whether they say jesus all of the universe my guides ancestors whatever they say that we sometimes miss the whole point and we miss the fact that the label itself is like honestly pretty trivial someone can spew a bunch of bible quotes all day long okay and they could say that they love god and they could say that they're a godly person but they can still be a, a liar a cheat an awful person in this world again we have literally seen this play out sorry i get very passionate about this but we've literally seen this play out in our world when we see huge figures in the church who are exposed as being sexual predators or as being thieves liars cheats and not to say all of these people are that at all but i'm saying that to to think that someone who practices religion and says they are this godly focused person or this person of God to this extent and think that, okay, well, they must be a good person inherently because they are a religious person is completely foolish, honestly. Like people are people and the labels themselves aren't gonna stop people from doing what they want to do at the end of the day. Um, we do have moral codes and a lot of people follow their moral codes and are good people. But, you know, on the same side, there can be someone who, again, is like atheist who doesn't identify with any label, but who has a strict moral compass that allows them to care for other souls allows them to follow their moral compass and be a good person so i don't necessarily think that the labels are important i think that we have to focus more on that relationship with that higher power or the relationship that we have with our moral compass if we don't necessarily have a higher power and if you identify as you know this label of atheist as long as your moral compass the thing that you look to to guide what is good bad right wrong in your life right to create that sort of um dichotomy if that itself is a good moral compass and you are a good person then the label itself literally doesn't matter so now i want to get into some things i don't believe because 
I touched on a few of them already, but I, I do kind of want to cover this because I feel like this is important. Okay, this is important. So I don't believe that we get everything that we ask for. I do believe that we are given what we need in any specific chapter and sometimes we don't like it. And this is huge because again, I really appreciate that some of the more new age discourse is really kind of empowering people in terms of being like, okay, you can have everything that you want. When I say that, when I say nothing is impossible, I mean that. I mean, like literally nothing is impossible. But I also think that there is, if we're talking about this co-creationship, right, and we're talking about God playing a part in this or the universe playing a part in this, I think there are certain things that we will literally beg for, that we will literally ask for that we don't see realized in our lives. And I think there's a reason for that, right? You can, you know, you've ever heard of those stories where people are like, you know, I really wanted to do this, this, or I really, okay. I, I gotta give like a very specific example because I feel like if I don't give a specific example, it's gonna get very confusing with my like this and that and whatever. Someone's like, I really want to be with this person. Like this is my twin flame. This is my... This is my soulmate. And literally they keep hitting a wall with this relationship to the point where they're like, okay, this isn't working. And th they end up splitting up with this person. And it's just to the point where they're like, God, like, why won't you let me be with this person? Why won't you let this happen? Until two years later, they meet an amazing person who's like a much better fit for them. And then they're like, oh, wow. Like, I'm so glad I didn't end up with that other person because if I did, I would have never met this person. I do believe that you're presented with some things that are lessons that are challenges that you do have to overcome you kind of have to learn uh, these lessons and, and sometimes we are presented with challenges that we would much rather avoid if given the option if given the choice I don't necessarily see this as a platitude to disregard the hard times and say you know that everything happens for a reason and life is shitty and so you know if you're going through it and if you're hurt or if someone hurts you then then it's just the, it's just the thing in things not working out as we wanted to I think it's important to kind of look at our response oftentimes we a lot of us go through shit some of us more than others that's just that literally is the way that it is and it sucks it's not when people say like life isn't fair that's what they mean some people just get more than others some people get more more shit than others but I do think it is important to kind of look at your response and how you cope I also believe that sometimes we aren't given the tools necessary for us to learn how to cope and how to deal with a certain situation really well at the time and challenge at the time that we're given the challenge so that's another you know thing that we have to deal with looking at your response or trying your best to do what you can with what you've been given in any situation is going to help you because you're going to learn lessons you're going to Come out of that hard time and you're going to be like wow like that sucked but now I know you know this or now I know not to trust this or now I know to do this and you kind of learn lessons and it is a choice right it is and what what is the let me explain what the choice is because I'm not saying the hardship is a choice I'm not saying that I'm saying the lessons that you choose to sort of like internalize that's a choice so when you come out of a hard situation you can look at that and be like that sucked and move on and kind of take nothing else from it but like that sucked like I hated that or you can come out of it and be like that sucked but how can I what can I learn from that right what can I learn from that and asking the question of what can I learn from that is a choice that is the choice you can make again we all go through hardship and sometimes like sometimes literally I will be going through something I'll tell a friend and I know there's nothing they can say to make me feel better because like it's not their shit like they're not going through it they will never get it like I do 
or it's vice versa and people tell me stuff and I'm like, I, I honestly wish like I could say the thing that would make it all better, but I know I can't. And all I can do is offer like a virtual hug or a real hug and that is it. But like I said, the choice that we have is once we're through that, asking the question of what lesson did I learn? What can I take from this and how can I move forward from this? Another thing we can also do with that too is if we ever meet someone who encounters a similar thing as that, we can give them that lesson that we learned. Sometimes, you know, I've gone through things and kind of questioned like, what the hell was the point of that? Like, I'm so hurt. Like, why did I go through this shit? It, it, it sucks. And then I meet someone who's going through literally the exact same thing and I can be like, oh, wait, I have advice for them or oh wait I can relate to them and we can have a discussion and they can feel like they're not alone because someone else has gone through pretty much the same thing as them that that's what I can say about that and 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 yeah I, I hope that was helpful I I hope that you know was a thing that was helpful another thing I don't believe is that you have to have the knowledge to see everything that's best for you sometimes the hurdles that you'd much rather bypass are necessary and essential for your growth Again, not meant to be a platitude for us to be like, oh my God, like, you know, face the hard times head on and smile through them. It's like, no, if if some shitty stuff is happening in my life, I'm going to be upset. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'm going to be mad. In my life, there have been specific categories where I seem to be encountering a lot of the same thing. And, you know, some people may call it like your karma in this life. If you're encountering the same like category of challenges in your life, some people say it's karma or dharma. I would say... You know, I don't even I don't even know if I have a, a a label for it or if I I mean I guess we could call it karma, but I would also just say like it's one of those things where I'd much rather go past some of these things, right? But I also realize there's such powerful lessons in them when these things, these challenges keep coming up. It's like the same challenge or similar challenge, just like a different look, a different feel. This year, I've experienced a lot of endings. I've talked about this, you know, literally so much. I don't know what else I can say about it besides like a lot of shit ended. I've had a lot of times where I've just like sat and cried about it because it kind of sucks. Like, you know, this is a year that honestly I thought I would be engaged this year. Or I thought that, honestly, yeah, that that's really what I thought. Like, let's be honest. I thought I would be getting engaged this year, and I'm not. I'm single. I thought that, you know, I would be living somewhere else. I'm not. I'm in Dallas, although I, I love Dallas. Like, I thought a lot of things about this year, and a lot of things ended that, didn't, that I didn't plan on, right? But again, it's my response that it's like, okay, what have I learned because of those endings like what what can I do moving forward to kind of take something away from that even if it's not positive but it's like a neutral understanding a neutral lesson a way that I can move better a way that I can be better or maybe honestly and sometimes this is the case too like you literally don't like when the thing happens you feel like you, there is no lesson for you to take from it it just kind of sucks like it sucks in that moment and you're kind of like I don't know what to do with this but maybe in a year you'll kind of like know what to do with it, you know what I mean? But I also don't believe that everything is up to us. So again, going back to this co-creationship and this idea of a higher power, I do believe that there are moments where God kind of puts challenges in front of you to allow you to grow, to show you your strength, to show you your resilience. Because I know that personally, if I hadn't faced some of the things I did and if I hadn't made some of the decisions that I did, I don't think I would truly inherently know the power that I have or truly inherently know how resilient, how strong, how amazing that I am if I hadn't gone through that shit and if I hadn't come out of that fire. Those moments, as sucky as they are, like literally me going 
going through it and being able to be like, wow, like I literally sit sometimes and reflect and I'll be like, this sucks that this ended, but like, look what you did with that. Like, look, look, look where you've like gotten, look what you've done now. The challenges themselves, again, they're not, they're not that fun to go through. <laughs> like, I feel like unless you're one of those people that really just likes pain, which that is a thing, it's like going through the challenges and the sucky parts of life don't always make you feel empowered. Sometimes they make you feel low. Sometimes they make you feel beat down. Sometimes they make you feel like there isn't a God or a higher power if you do believe in one. And I think it's the the power of like what happens after those moments. Again, asking those questions of what can I take from this? Or what has this shown me about myself? Or what can I change moving forward or how has this changed my perspective and how is it going to change the way I move through this world I think those are the bigger questions and the bigger things to ask and you know again going back to this idea of a higher power I think it's really those moments that shows you that God has given you certain challenges in order to allow you to see what he's always seen that you are powerful that you are resilient that you are strong that you are an amazing individual Okay, so I want to conclude this episode because we started off kind of chatting about more of this history of religion in some ways in Christianity. And again, I literally, I feel like I could have done more of a deep dive in this episode, but you know, hopefully it was more of a, or hopefully it was just enough of a dive for you guys. Okay. And then we kind of talked about uh, some similarities between Christianity and spirituality. New age spirituality has made faith and this idea of faith a little bit more accessible, a little bit less rigid. I would say I even have this sort of view and perception of religion that it is very rigid. It is by the book. It is something where if you don't do this or you don't do that or you don't follow certain rituals, like it's like you're you're kind of not good in the religion's eyes. And that's sort of the perception that I have. And I believe that a lot of young people that we're seeing turn to new age spirituality versus religion can say that that is kind of a a reason why they have turned to spirituality versus religion. And I do see spirituality as a way to sort of like remove the boundaries of what practice should look like when it comes to creating a moral system that serves us. There are some people that meditate, there are others that practice mindfulness, uh, others that do morning journals, uh, yoga, you know, drinking tea and, and just different things that we have done and different things that everyone does in order to kind of create a practice that serves them. But I will say this, there is no one way, no by the book way to be spiritual. I would actually argue that the process of spirituality is one of completely reevaluating the labels that you've been given or the labels that you've adopted in this life and tearing down those walls in order to allow yourself to be fully and courageously free. I don't think it's easy. It's not an easy process by any means to disregard the labels that you have come to be known by and known as in this world because as humans, we know we flock to labels. We flock to labels to give us purpose, to give us meaning, to give us understanding of our world. But I also think that by tossing out our labels, we can see the world in a truly different way. We can question our beliefs. We can redefine ourselves as many times as we want. We can tap into intuitive messages without judgment of what they are or why they're coming up for us. Believing in manifestation and the conscious manifestation process does not make you any less Christian or any less godly in my eyes. We're all allowed to believe what we want, but I personally 
will continue to build my relationship with God by saying that I'm manifesting. All the while, I'm using my sage over here to cleanse my house and while I'm paying attention to angel numbers and things like that because that is what works for me. I'm gonna continue to create a practice that helps me manifest every single thing that I want while remaining grounded and while remaining humbled. So my relationship with God and manifestation is mine alone in the same way that your relationship with your the higher power, whatever that label you use, is yours and yours alone. And I want y'all to just kind of leave this episode knowing that you're not gonna let anyone else defend find that process, that ritual, that sort of like foundational belief or concept for you. Just listen to your intuition and let it kind of flow in the way that you want. That's what I have on my notes. I also want to say that this is something I talked about in, uh, what was it called? I have an episode, I think it's episode 111, I believe, or maybe it's 110. But either way, in that episode, I'm talking about how spirituality in some ways is starting to become a little bit ritualized, right? And I think that people are starting to, in the same way that religion has these boundaries and these concepts of what is right, what is wrong, the right way to do this, the right way to do that, the wrong way to do this, the wrong way to do that. I think we're starting to see that happen a bit with spirituality, where people are kind of like, okay, this is the right way to manifest, this is the wrong way to manifest like make sure you don't say this make sure you don't do that and I personally it's just that I don't like that discourse at all because like again going back to what I said a little bit earlier the process of spirituality again I would argue is the process of removing those labels is transcending the idea that you have to be one type of person that you have to do one type of thing in order to be good in order to be deserving of the things that you want and so the more that we start to put these labels on the way that people are practicing their spiritual practice or the way that they're building their relationship with a higher power the more we are essentially creating religion again right the more that we're creating some sort of practice that's going to be standardized and it's like why are we trying to standardize a process that is literally so unique to each and every person the way that I you know have and built my relationship with God the way that I go about doing what I do in in my life in order to create the life that I love and the life that I you know dream of it's something that I share with you guys so that you can take bits and pieces of what resonates and works with you I don't expect everything that I say to ever resonate with all of you. I don't expect anything that I do to ever resonate with all of you, but I do expect some of it to make sense and some of it to resonate and for you guys to grab what works for you and leave what doesn't. And that's the whole thing. Like this idea that people are, you know, going around talking about like, you got to do this and and make sure you write it down 11 times and say it six times. It's like, listen, y'all not finna get me with that nonsense because baby, no, okay? Whether I sit here and write something down 11 times or not, I'm going to get what I want. That is just, that is just how that works, okay? And so I want you guys to kind of like, you know, as you're on the internet and seeing a lot of that discourse, just kind of taking that in with a very mindful eye and mindful air and knowing that just because it's worked for someone and that's the way they go about it doesn't mean that you have to follow that rigid process in order for something to work for you. You can craft your own process. You can craft your own, you know, your own rituals or your own, um, and I don't even want to say the word rituals because I, again, that sounds very standardized to me, but your own process, right? Your own relationship with that higher power and the way that you go about um, allowing that relationship to deepen and to blossom in order to transcend 
again, just the, the beliefs and the uh, understanding of the, the world that we have and go above and beyond to realize that you really can manifest, manifest a lot of things that you want in this life. So yeah, my loves, that is the Christianity by manifestation episode. I do think we can definitely dive a bit deeper into this topic. I personally have been seeing a lot of discourse on the internet now where a lot of people who once identified as being spiritual and once identified with a lot of quote unquote new age beliefs are now sort of tossing that to the side in order to say that they are very much Christian now in order to label some of these things as the devil's work and as evil. Again, I'm not here to say anyone's beliefs are right or wrong. I'm just sharing my opinion of what I believe. I don't think, you know, tarot cards are evil. I don't think crystals are evil, things like that. I personally have haven't used my cards in a really long time that's just because I don't feel called to or don't feel aligned to but I don't necessarily feel the need to rebuke the cards and to say that is an evil practice because I just I personally just don't believe that but I do think it could be an interesting conversation to kind of dive into what we're seeing this this larger movement that we're seeing among the spiritual community where we are seeing kind of even more of a divide between this idea of spirituality and Christian, this idea of good and evil and how that is in some ways problematic to the greater collective. Because again, it's just, it's an, another divisive conversation or divisive. It's listen, it's creating another divide. Okay. It's another sort of thing that is breaking us up as a people. And I, again, I feel like it comes back to this idea of labels and I love words. I love using words I love communication I love talking as you guys can tell right but I also feel like sometimes we really 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 harp on the labels and we really 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 get attached to the meaning of these labels and the hierarchy and the dichotomy that we create as a result of using labels and label, labeling other people as other, as black sheep, as outsiders, as bad, and sort of putting ourselves on this other side. And it can be really just, I think, problematic for so many different reasons. So we might have a part two for this episode. And if I do a part two, I might go into the history a little bit more, kind of we can do an even deeper dive into Christianity. I didn't necessarily want to cover like the history of Christianity. I didn't think that was necessarily important to this conversation. It's more so the ideas of why, you know, Christians may label manifestation as evil. And I think we covered a lot of that today, but let me know you guys how you enjoyed this conversation. Um, if you identify as Christian, if you agree with something I said if you disagreed I mean feel free to let me know you could disagree all you want uh you know like I said these are just this is just the way I feel and you don't gotta feel the same way I'm not here to convince anyone of anything I mean I guess I kind of am I'm here to convince you guys to just be good people like literally be good people and don't let the world tell you who you need to be because <laughs> because no anyways my loves thank you so much for tuning into this episode make sure you check out the vlog on youtube and also subscribe to my channel um i have the book club episode literally uploading to youtube as we speak my internet at this new house is like disgustingly slow for upload so it's probably gonna you know take like eight hours but it is what it is as long as it goes live before friday like we don't or it goes live on friday rather we don't really care but 
Thank you again for tuning in, for listening, for sharing with a friend, for leaving reviews. Speaking of which, if you are listening on Apple, please leave a five-star review. I would really, really appreciate it. Apple, I mean, y'all know algorithms and stuff like that. Like, (laughs) you know, we can acknowledge the matrix while also acknowledging that there are certain things we have to do to be a slightly unwilling participant of the matrix. And for me, it is asking for a five-star review on Apple. So I thank you very much for that, my friends. But anyways, I will chat with you guys in the very next episode. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. And we will chat soon, my loves. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.